Welcome to the Every Day is Saturday podcast. The number one motivation show on the planet. No more Mondays for you. It's time to make every day Saturday. This is the podcast where we help you to accept who you are, not where you are. On the roller coaster of life, you know we only sit in the front seat champion. So make sure you are fastened in Let's go. Tired of feeling run down all the time during the week? We can help you make every day feel like it's a Saturday. Let's go pack your bags. It's time to leave Averageville. Introducing the man who thinks abnormal stands for above normal. When you're on fire, people will travel from miles around to watch you burn, baby. We are fired up. The host of the Every Day is Saturday show, Sam Crowley. Welcome back to the show. Got a great interview. Actually, a funny story. I did this interview back uh, right around the first week of April with Bob Mennery, who is an Instagram and social media superstar. And I'll get into that in just a second. But I put it on my YouTube channel. Forgot to put it on my podcast. Like 226 countries, everybody around the world listening. And I did not even upload it to my uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all those different platforms. So here you go. Here's the podcast interview I did. Who's Bob Mennery? Well, you'll find out a little bit about him in the interview, but I first started following Bob a few years ago. He has a hilarious Instagram account. Now, the language is a little saucy, uh, but that's his shtick, man. Bob, here's what Bob's story, the entrepreneurial journey, is what I want to talk to Bob about because the way he was, quote-unquote, discovered, and by the way, he has 3 million, 2.9 million, but just about 3 million followers on Instagram, and the way he got started is just incredible. He does voiceovers for a lot of different sporting events. And that's when I first saw him. Somebody shared a video he did. I think it was on Twitter. And then I followed him on Instagram. And it was laugh out loud funny. There's a couple F-bombs in here or there. So, you know, if you get uptight about that stuff, don't go to Bob's Instagram page. But I found it hilarious because I was able to focus in on, wow, this guy has taken his voice, right? That's what we talk about on the show all the time. Use your voice, use your message, and built a huge global following without a computer. Does not even use a computer. That came up on the interview as well. I'm like, you've never, he goes, nope, never. I don't even, it's all done through his phone. His Instagram stories, his Instagram videos, everything is done on his phone. So if you're a fan of individuals who just catch lightning in a bottle, they take that, that 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 gift that they a god-given gift and they use it to make people laugh and to make a lot of money along the way and to build followers this interview will inspire you so here you go my interview with bob mentory bobby boy sam crowley every day saturday good good to have you on the show man how you doing thanks man i appreciate it. it's early you're a legend you're a legend you're a legend and i'm, I'm i got a love-hate relationship with bob mentory and i'm gonna explain why this is very therapeutic for me all right i've been in this internet game 15 years you show up on the scene sometime. We're just going to say in internet years, five minutes ago. You got 3 million followers on Insta. You're crushing it. Dude, come on, man. Share some of that love. Get, give us the Bob Mannery gold, the secret sauce. What's, how did it I mean, happen, man? It was an overnight success. You got to, I guess you just got to not sleep. I mean, I, that's one of my things. I, don't, I, I do my best work at night, you know, between the hours of like 12 and 4 a.m. I don't know what it is. I have insomnia and that's when I get kind of my best work in, but well, I mean, look at, I yeah, I had built all this thing, crazy things with the cell phone, you know, and um, just the power of social media now, just how you're able to connect with so many people. And, you know, I knew that my product that I was doing this, these sports broadcasting little bits 
it took me like five minutes to do and I would reach millions of people. And then, so what did I do the rest of my day? I just, you know, found out so-and-so is following me, Baker Mayfield or another athlete, blah, blah. And I would connect with him. And I was just a very good networker and uh, kind of came back full circle to help me kind of to be where I am. Hey, do you have the same friends that you had 10 years ago? Yeah, but I'm kind of like a loner. I don't really, I don't know. I kind of just, I kind of just chill by myself a lot. Really? Because a guy like you hits it, you know, as we say, internet fame, whatever that means, man, I don't even know what it means. But, you know, people get very judgy, judgmental, jealous. And if you had anybody that was in your crew 10, 15 years ago, oh, Bob, now look at Bob, he's all over the place. Nobody talks like that? No, I don't think I've ever had anybody do that. No, everybody's been pretty cool. You know, I think that I treat people with respect, they'll hopefully treat you back with respect. And I think I've done a pretty good job of that. So I really know not too many people uh, screw with me. That says a lot about you, man, you know, like that you kept a circle, an inner circle, you know, of people that are still with you that were with you 10, 15 years ago when you weren't, you know, all over the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely been a pretty wild, wild ride. And like you said, it hasn't been that long. I mean, it's probably going on, you know, four years now since, yeah. you know, going from where I was kind of like a rock bottom point to just kind of where I am now, which is a rock bottom point, but, <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, it's kind of it's been it's been it's been good uh it's it's been a good run i heard your interview on on uh, ed Milet a while back and so i'm not going to ask you you know all the questions that you would normally get asked but the one thing and i just just share this dude i know you've been asked this a thousand times but it's just so fascinating that that video that went viral of you doing that um the quick promo in the restaurant just talk about that for five seconds i know you get asked a thousand times but it, it's so fascinating take us back to that night what happened the video that went viral the first one yep Oh yeah, I mean, I was just a buddy's music video shoot, and uh, I'd always do the shtick where I kind of like ran around talking my broadcaster voice, and like you know, I'd go up my friends to a bar, and I would just go up to a random table and start doing my Brady Rogers whatever kind of voice I do, and uh, people used to like it, but it never went anywhere. And then I went to my buddy's music video shoot. It was over two in the morning. I sit on a couch next to this guy David Justin. He took out his phone, recorded it, and it was just me doing this bit that I've always done my whole life. And uh, it kind of got picked up by Bro Bible, a bunch of different other outlets. And um, yeah, it wasn't really like a mega viral moment. Um, it was the next day I did another little video around kind of along the same lines as the first one. And that kind of got picked up again by USA Today, all the other ones that were like, why is this guy a sports broadcaster, blah, blah, blah. I had 316 missed calls. It was nuts. So I experienced fully what it was like to go viral, you know, kind of just be like overnight success. But I mean, let's say an overnight success because – no success comes out of anything that happens just like that in one day, you know, you yeah. have to kind of build on it. But I remember kind of when I hit as cheesy as it sounds, you know, I remember when I hit 10,000 followers for some reason, like a light bulb clicked on. I'm like, I, th I got something here, you know, and then it started growing. My numbers were growing really, really fast early. And I had a product that really nobody else was really doing, you know, because no guys that have a really good broadcasting sounding voice yeah. would ever drop and say the words that I say in kind of a funny way, because then they lose any hope of being hired by any real network. That's why like ESPN, Fox, none of these people would probably hire me because of what I say. So I took that risk because I thought it would be a faster way to kind of get up to the top, opposed to having to work your way up in minor league baseball and going to you know blah 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 and then all the money's at the top so it would have been a long longer run than what i've been able to take you know there's something to be said for that man because a lot of people talk about you know you stay true to who you are and all that stuff but when it comes when rubber meets the road and you got to get paid nobody can do it very few people can do it because then you just you took a platform that everybody you know 
who's got that radio announcer voice, whatever that is, and stuff like that. Like, oh, I want to a little bit there. Yeah, a little bit, right? I want to be the next Jim Nance. Uh, nice. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to go. No, there. no I'm not, not saying I want to. I'm saying oh. people say that I want to be the next Jim Nance, and then Bob Menery's like, yeah, hey, you know what? There's a thousand guys, million guys want to do that. I'm going to be the first Bob Menery, but. That takes a giant size, you know what, to do that, man. What's like? What, I had nothing to lose. I had nothing to lose. Like, what am I? What else are gonna do? If I had done it in a broadcaster voice, like, so basically, for anybody that doesn't know what I do, I, I take these highlight clips from the NFL, NBA, NHL. Uh, I mean, today I did like a gazelle crossing a river and an alligator eating him. So I don't know, commentating that. Uh, but you know, I I just voice over in a comedic way these videos it's kind of like what a sports broadcaster wants to say but can't that was the concept um and then what was your original kind of question i kind of trailed off there no no i'm just saying it takes huge guts to say i'm going to give up an entire career i could go after like everybody else sports announcer and i'm just going to do this thing where i'm gonna you know swear i was sleeping i was sleeping in a car a month ago so i had nothing to lose i mean what, what you know and then I was like, the process seems too long to try and go get a job at minor leagues and make, no, 25,000. I was a gambler. I mean, I was set the bar high. I, went to like, I like to take risks. And um, I wouldn't even call it a risk at that point because, like I said, I had nothing to lose. So, and I did it early enough, and the videos and the traction was enough that I realized that it was working early and fast. You know, I was growing 20, 30,000, 40,000 followers a day. Excuse me, at one point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of just do early. And then I'm like, it was in my head. Like a light went on. I'm like, nothing. I'm just, this is the t- uh, tunnel vision. This is where I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay in this lane. And, and, and I'm sure you got feedback. Dude, what are you doing? You're off the rails, man. All the time. Yeah. My dad's like, you're ruining any chance of tr- getting a job with any real comp- like company. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's kind of the point. I'm playing the opposite. You know, it's like anything else. It's like, it's like what Portnoy does so well. He kind of plays you know the controversy and all the stuff that comes out he plays it well you know you play the opposite of it do comments ever impact you that you get on online negative stuff any feedback i mean it's easy no. to say i got rhino skin and they don't bother me do they really just not bother you or no not at all i really don't care but the the the, the ones that i i mean i've definitely told a couple uh, like nine ten eleven year olds to f off and then uh been like what am i doing i'm fighting with a teenager uh but it never bothered me. You know, I'll usually just give it right back to them, the, the trolls. But I'll tell you what, we have, like, my, my audience that I built. You got a great uh, audience, dude. They are so extremely loyal and just awesome and, like, chill dudes. And, like, because I meet all these guys. I, like, literally, you know, if I go out and somebody says hello to me, I'll sit down and have a drink with them, of course, you know? Yeah. And uh, sometimes even more. Go out partying the remainder of the night. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, and I, I credit that a lot, too. I was very, very, in the, you know engaging with anybody that dm me i still am today i'll spend sometimes four hours straight just responding to people and talking to people and you know because appreciating that the reason why i have any sort of success today is based on that they clicked a button and were engaged in my content and have been following it yeah which a lot of people don't do they made the follow-up the comments and things like that they just go through and just look at heart 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 now, now there's, a, there's a tricky medium there, too, because people draw a lot of their self-worth from how many followers they got and how many heart buttons and things like that. And that's a little dangerous. What, so, like, some 15-, 16-year-old kid wants to be the next Bob Mennery. That's, that's kind of tricky, wouldn't you say? Because you're going to find your self-worth in a lot of those heart buttons. I mean, look, at whatever, whatever kind of thing you're trying to do, whether it be TikTok dances or broadcaster voice videos or whatever, is, 
You know, I mean, first of all, you just got to be the hardest working person out there that's doing it harder than ever. You got to be up early. You got to be nonstop. Like I was psychotic with this and still am today. You know, I, that's the reason why I don't sleep a lot. I'm so obsessed with what I, you got to love what you do. And I love what I do. Um, you know, I remember the story. It's funny. is like, you know, back in the day, early, early on, I had that product of, you know, calling, I think it was a Green Bay Packers football game. And I really wanted to get it up on there. I didn't care where they posted it. Didn't have to live on my page, but I just wanted to get out there. So there was this Green Bay Packers fan page. And I DM'd the Green Bay Packers fan page. I said, hey, I got this like product that I do that it's, you know, this, these videos, you mind popping it up there? And he's like, yeah, can you, can you give me a call real quick? So I give him a call. It's like, hello? It was some 11-year-old kid answered the phone. And I'm like, hey, how you doing, man? I'm Bob Mennery. Uh, you know, I was thinking maybe you could put this video up. I think it's kind of funny, whatever. He's like, yeah, I, I watched it. I didn't think it was that funny. We're going to pass. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, thanks for your time. And so you look at kind of like where that was and now kind of the people that we're engaging with and deals that I'm setting up, you know, behind, you know, closed doors. It's been pretty cool to, the, you know, how much, how far we've come. Now you've been up, you've been down, up, down, up, down. What's your thoughts? Uh, you have a fear of failing at all? Like, hitting rock bottom again i mean does that ever cross yeah i mean of course you know and i've yeah definitely i mean it it absolutely is in the you know and it's very easy to do too you know you 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 come you know you have i come from an addictive personality you know different things and whatnot not afraid to admit that but you know i've the good news is this stuff that i do i'm so obsessed and love it that it, it takes away a lot of those times where you know i have the need to try and do things that aren't really the best for me yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not afraid of it because I believe in my head, I'm so confident in, you know, my abilities that I, I could find a way out of it, you know, if I did go there, you know, yeah. so I'm not, no, I'm not fearful at all of that at all. You know, I say that all the time and I go to Home Depot and grab like a zero turn mower if everything just went to hell in a handbasket. Right. Yeah. Or something. That's it. Yeah. I'm chill. I mean, like I, like I said, going, going to sleep in a car for two months straight is definitely you know 28 years old you, now you kind of go to all these places where they put you in all these sweet nice hotels and yeah, it's like I, I don't need it you know no, you don't no i get that impression that you don't like i think that's why you vibe so well with the people that follow you is because i think in any brand you got to be able to relate to the person 100 you, know? you don't and by the people. way everything what i try and do too I, you know i studied acting and all this stuff so i'm like a little about the arts and shit of, oops sorry but the yeah, art of all of it but um you know, I, I, I try and actually show on those like little Instagram stories and stuff that I do. It's, I have so much fun with those because I try and show exactly what's going on in my life, you know, and like exactly how I'm feeling, but you know, so people can actually relate and there's no fluff or anything behind it. You know, so if you see me out there partying, I'll, I'll show you if I'm out partying, raging, or if I'm down and out, I you know, just put it out there. So yeah, try and stay as real as possible on that thing. Cause it's, it's hard to kind of right now, you, know, you don't got any like Truman Show fears where, you know, your whole life's just going to show up and everybody knows everything about you and, you know. Nah, nah, I'm good. And what about this uh, cancel culture, cancel culture we got going on around here? You, you're not a guy that really has to worry about that because you've pretty much said everything so far that you have on your mind. I can't imagine anywhere you go in the future is going to, you know, put, put that in jeopardy. But you got the, you got Major League Baseball moving out, getting into politics. You got all these people. And I'm not asking you to talk about politics at all. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, whatever you want. I'm, I'm open to anything. Well, some people are kind of funny about that because he's. I'm, you know, I'm open with talking about anything. You're good. I mean, what do you think about Major League? Well, let me just ask you. What do you think about Major League Baseball pulling out of the All-Star game in Atlanta? So here's the deal. This is how, how dialed in on my phone I am. And I should know this. What is the gist of the story? For well, the why- Georgia Bodo, uh, 
the Georgia voter laws have been, uh, according to one side of the political aisle, uh, the Democrats feel that the voting laws are now too strict in Georgia. They're a little bit discriminatory. So Biden got involved and said that, you know, Major League Baseball should pull out. Major League Baseball chooses Colorado, which has the same, if not stricter, voting laws. Major League Baseball moves the All-Star game, unprecedented, out of Atlanta, Georgia. 8,000 hotel rooms the next day get canceled. Yeah, see, I, I choose to I, I pick my battles. Where do I want to focus my Do I want to focus my energy on that story? I think there's more relevant things going on in the world that are a bigger deal. So what I'll do is I'll look at see that story for two seconds. I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about it. So that specific story alone, don't know about and don't really care. You know, that's amazing right. because that's focus. Like that shows a guy that sleeps very little and gets in his business, stays in his business, and stays focused on his business is why he got three million followers. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff we do behind the scenes too, you know, outside of the followers. It, it, it's pretty fun, you know, like right now I'm actively working on getting Josh Gordon back in the NFL, getting him reinstated. Josh, yeah, talk a little bit about that. What's going on with that? So, you know, I, I have part ownership of this Arena Football League, uh, the FCFL. It's a fan control football league. And our team is called the Zappers, which is zapping is kind of partying for anybody oh. that doesn't know. And uh, we had kind of when they, came and talked to us it's like i'm like what is the concept of the league they're like well it's seven on seven uh arena football i'm like well who's playing they're like well uh, you know these guys kind of never made it to the nfl trying to make the nfl kind of back and forth i'm like well then who's watching if nobody knows anybody and uh they're like well blah blah so i'm like you know we gotta get some guys that are a little edgy rough around the edges i kind of wanted to build some character to each team there was four teams and so i went and got flew down to scottsdale play Johnny Manziel in a high stakes poker game. If he yep. lost, he had, to, he had to play quarterback for us. <laughs> uh, Manziel lost and he, uh, he played quarterback for us. And then Josh Gordon, the Seahawks had just dropped him. And I said, you know what, I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to call Josh Gordon. I picked the phone and called Josh and Josh was like, look, you know, I love the game of football and I would love to come down and, and play. And I'm like, that was easy. We called the guys and they set up the contract. So talk to Josh. He was from start to finish like really over above and beyond, like a really great guy, like the complete opposite of what the NFL had made him to be and whatnot. And I was like, God. so I went, flew down to the stadium, met him face to face, started talking to him. I said, Josh, look, here's the deal. I know you're passing on that. I'm like, you just give me three weeks of like just doing everything, go whatever for me. I'm like, I will do anything in my power. I don't know what that is. I don't know if I know how to do this, but I'm going to try and get you back in the NFL. Cause I go, you don't belong here. This is a pit stop along the way. This yeah. is to keep you in shape or whatever. And, you know, we gave him a little tiny piece of the league, league and the team, and that's it. Two games. He played, like, literally just too perfect. Scores 32-6. He's contractually obligated to play two or three plays. He played the whole entire game. Didn't need to, wow. you know. So, season ends. I'm like, oh, God, I forgot. I made a promise to Josh Gordon. I called Josh. I'm like, Josh, who's, like, you know, repping you right now and all that? And he's like, you know – we got this guy, but he's not really doing anything for me. Like he's just, everybody gave up on him. I mean, think about it. Six suspensions all for, you know, marijuana and uh, which is a very controversial topic right now. The NBA just kind of decriminalized it and they're not testing for it in the UFC as well. So UFC was first actually. Um, and I'm kind of dragging on here, but no, no, go ahead, man. yeah, but uh, you know, so I was like, I'm all in. So I'm, I'm going to do everything I can. So I flew down to Seattle He's in the best shape I've ever seen. I mean, Josh Gordon is ultimately, at the end of the day, the best wide receiver to ever play the game. Problem is, he couldn't play the game a lot because yeah. of these things that were set in place by the NFL. Yeah, he violated, you know, league policy at the time. 
great. He should have been suspended at the time. However, now with the world transitioning a little bit, let's get rid of some of those suspensions and get him back in the league where he belongs, you know? And, and so you got to go through a whole system, you know, right now he's facing six, seven months of suspension. So you got to go to the NFL PA and I'm using every single person I got at the high ends to try and work this angle. And I think we're looking good. So if we can get that done, that would be a pretty amazing uh, feat for, for the uh, resume there. Hey, good for you, man. I mean, look, that's a story reduction in and of itself. Um, do you, do you have more of a heart for the, the, the Josh Gordons of the world because of your own story? Or do you think that was, uh, is there, I don't want to get too doctor. Yeah, I see, I see themselves in me. You know, I see, like, I see, you know, and not saying that I'm like some know-it-all who knows everything, but I just think like, I know how to relate to the guys. It's like, you know, somebody who has addictive personality knows how to work somebody who has an addictive personality in a sense, you know, yeah. like it's hard for somebody to relate to these buttoned up NFL guys, fancy suits and, talk and trying to talk sense into him you know certain way to do it and uh so that's what i think that me and josh is right away clicked and you know hit it off and uh we're in a great place right now we've been putting in all the work day in and day out and just baby steps to try and do the next best thing to get him back in the league you get hit up with three million followers on instagram i haven't talked about tiktok yet but you get hit up a lot by other people wanting you to manage their social or, or coach them or pay get paid to do any of that stuff uh, there's a lot of, I mean, I get all different stuff, you know, like some people will ask me for advice and some people will troll me. Some people will, yeah, I mean, you get all sorts of things, you know, um, it's, it's, I mean, like, well, that's, not, that's not like something you're looking to do down the road is like the Bob Mentory social media agency, learn how to get followers. No, I mean, cause I don't think it's, I think it's more important than followers, but, um, monetize. Yeah. I think it's, I'm trying to find actually, I'm going to give you a little game here. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to show you my last three DMs. You asked what's in the DM. So let's go. I'm going to go to, so first of all, it's 99 plus requests on the right. So yeah, that means a lot of people. My last three said, hi, Bob. My name is Alex. I'm from South Africa. You might, you don't want to miss out on this commentary gem. He sent me a video. The next one was make this a post. Next one was what you got for ideas for a local real estate company. You know, so you get all different stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that, that, those are waters. Did you read all your DMs? Those are tricky waters, though. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm, I, have a little, I have a little OCD in me, you know, so I definitely keep an eye on every single one because you'd never know. You know, I've had some that I almost kind of passed through that have ended up being really, really beneficial to, you know, yeah. things. You know, I was hey, really I'm a father of four girls at 20, 16, 15, and six, you know, all over the gamut. Got a daughter at the University of Cincinnati, got a six-year-old and both kids in between. You know, your dad sounds like, and I know because uh, I follow him on Instagram as well, hell of a singing voice, by the way. The uh, legend, man. He's a yeah, legend. Talk about your dad. What does your dad currently do? And then I want to follow up with a quick question. What's your dad currently do? Is he so my, my dad is, well, I bust his chops a little bit. I say he's completely lost his mind, but that's uh, me being a son joking around. He was a, North, he was a, he was a street salesman, Northwestern Mutual and uh sold life insurance for 30 years and kind of you know I, I think i got every all my street smarts and all that adhd crazy wild energy too from him uh he's now retired and singing frank sinatra at local bars and <laughs> sometimes occasionally switching it up to led zeppelin and sometimes switching up to maroon five and sometimes switching up to the candy man from Willy Wonka. Like, I don't even know what he does. He sings every different song. Some are terrible. Some are absolutely fantastic. He's got a good voice, but he's like, I, talk about like obsession. He is obsessed with it. So, which is good. My mother hates it, but 
That's every middle-aged guy's dream is to sing Frank Sinatra. Let's have, that's quite a spectrum of, uh, and you know, Maroon 5. That's every ladies day. definitely, the ladies kind of checking him out too at the bar. You know, he's got a little swag. My dad's got swag. Identical to Robert De Niro. He looks, he looks exactly oh, yeah. right. He's got a good voice. It's not like I've seen him on video and it's a bad boy. I mean, you know, it's not like somebody in the shower, you know. Well, he did, he did voice, I guess. He did a... Uh, he did voiceovers for, I think, Golf, Golf Gas. He did a voiceover commercial for us. So we kind of stayed in the same, uh, you know, we kind of did the same stuff, which is pretty cool. And, you know, Pat, like, he, he taught me everything from just, like, you know, when you meet somebody, you look in the eye, shake their hand, all those standard just street smart things you need to know. And that's – so he's – my dad's done a lot for me. Was he right there with you when you were going through your really tough times as well? Oh, yeah. He's never – he's never, ever, ever turns back. Neither is my mom. They were always – you know, he had to come back at 29, 28 years old to their downsized two-bedroom apartment, broke. It's normally, you know, after going back and forth and trying to succeed and failing and failing and failing, you know, you think at some point they're like, no, the door's not opening. You're going the other way. But they welcomed me in and they allowed me to do scream in their apartment and make funny clips and, you know, mom, it's the fourth quarter with two minutes left. Can you keep it down for a minute at 28 years old? And Screaming at the top of my lungs at Vinatieri missed the field goal wide right and his bleep fell off and all that. Oh my God, man. That, that is like such a great, that's a great movie right there. That's just, that, you know, I'll tell you what, it, it literally, uh, it is a movie. Dude, that's amazing. So, you know, as a parent, as I was saying, my kids are on Instagram and TikTok and they think some of them, the others don't, but I mean, any kid wants to be able to leverage that for monetization purposes down the road if they can. I mean, I would imagine your mom and dad would have been supportive whatever you said you were going to go do and still are supportive of you. But then there's got to be this, this other parenting voice that says, hey, make sure you get your, you know, be realistic about this and stuff, you know. But I get the sense that you kind of modeled your dad in a sense that, hey, man, I'm going to go live my best life. I'm going to put my cards on the table. And, you know, I want to at least be Bob Mentory. I don't want to be a, a, a someone else, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it was very close to the breaking point, though. You know, they, they it was at that point where, you know, there's only so long you can really go and chase these things and try and do these things. The thing with me, though, I wasn't even really chasing it. Uh, like this dream of being like funny and famous and whatever. Because I, I, I wasn't doing anything. I went out to be an actor and a, a comedian in LA and I had so much fear. I had like a lot of fear of doing stand up comedy. So I'd, sometimes I would go to the clubs, walk in, put my name in the list. They would get closer and closer and closer and I would just run away. And I would like literally, you know, I was just, I had fear and the fear goes away, you know, once you start having little accomplishments and like, you know, like things start to go for you and, you know, you get more confident and um, but I still, I don't know if I can do stand up now. So I'm thinking about that. I might be. Stand-up, I thought about doing it about eight years ago and I, I, I bailed. I was in Buffalo at the time. and just bailed. I mean, nobody would have. I'm at the point if, if, if I do it now and I bomb, I'm getting reamed. So I got to, you know. <laughs> and that video is all over the internet once you, uh, yeah, I'm once done. you bomb, you know, so yeah. that's not, I mean, five years ago, you could have done it, got away with it and said, Hey, I tried it now. Yeah. Maybe not so much. Hey, after you caught fire online, when was the first time you walked into a room of something, whether it was an award show or an interview and thought, what what the hell am I doing here, man? This is not real. Was there a time you looked around and said, I don't belong in this environment with these people? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was, I still think I don't belong in areas with these people. That's the thing. I mean, like I still, it hasn't settled in. And like, when you say what hasn't settled in, I don't even know. It's been all blur, but definitely uh, Michael Rubens invited me to a very exclusive party at, his rooftop in New York city. And I walk in and I, uh, I knew there was gonna be some pretty cool people there. The invite list was capped at like 150 people. 
and it was just all stacked with A-listers. Jay-Z, Gucci Mane, Robert Kraft, Ryan Seacrest, Leonardo DiCaprio, which I have a story about after. Um, I mean, I think the Cardi, I mean, everybody was there. And then Bob Menery and my sister. I'm like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Um, and just getting starstruck every minute. And uh, go with the other. And that's why uh, I, I, was, I went to the bath. I, I, I was a big Leonardo DiCaprio fan. Never had a chance to meet him ever. And I remember I was walking in the bathroom uh, and take a look to the right and do a double take. And he's right there. And I'm like freaked out. I'm like, DiCaprio, oh my God, I want to be an actor. Like whatever. Like, and think about it. This is a party where like nobody would normally do this and like be fan struck by somebody because they're all used to it, you know? Yeah. And so Leo kind of just looked at me. It was like, you know, he had to be nice because he didn't know who I was. He probably had to say, this kid's like either really important or he's like, Michael Rubin's uh, cousin, who's a little off, you know? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And so, yeah, I just totally embarrassed myself there. And, uh, but that was definitely cool. Saquon Barkley was there. I mean, everybody it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, it constantly is like I mean, playing Steph Curry in golf, playing Phil Mickelson in golf and do it. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts, you know? But I, I, I set all that stuff up, you know? So it's not like it, it just, I, I worked hard to like reach out to these guys and stay persistent, but not too persistent and, uh, on arranging these things. And, six degrees separation to meet this person who I can meet this person who can get me to that person. And, you know, I always play like a game sometimes with, you know, a couple buddies or, you know, some Aaron or who guys work for me. Cause I'm like, all right, who would we want right now? Who, who, who we want? Like Denzel Washington would be cool to have on the podcast. I'm like, all right, 15 minutes. Let's find a way to get him. You know, we'll do a little game where we see if we can get Denzel Washington in 15 minutes. Now, a lot of times we're failing, you know, and, but not, but, you know, I, I built a pretty good network now where I feel I can get to anybody at, at any time. And, you know, I'm a respectful, hardworking dude. And these guys see that. And that's why I end up uh, kind of where we are. So, yeah, man, no, I get that. I get that. I felt that same way about I don't belong. I still feel that way, even after, you know, all these years of doing the five. I remember when it hit me, and I just want to share this because it resonates with everybody at every level. I was sharing a stage with Tony Robbins at an event in Toronto, 18,000 people are there. And I had, I am from a small town, Bradford, PA, 8,000 people, stutter, ex-stutter, 20 college credits. Most of them are gym and health class. Like I'm just should not be anywhere near a microphone. You Same. Know? Don't feel bad. I know. And so I was in a breakout room. I wasn't on the main stage. It was Tony and Pitbull. And it's just a who's and me like, what the, what the hell? Am I? And I got up there and I call, I remember I texted my wife. I said, I, I can't be here. She right. Was, You've worked your whole life. Your whole, you, you should be with Tony Rob. I'm like, no, no, there's 18,000 people. I, I got to, and, and I almost like crap myself. I panicked, man. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that ever leaves you at whatever level. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers feels that still in the suit. He's hosted Jeopardy now, which is even better. But, you know, yeah, of course they do. I think the great ones always push themselves, but then you get there and you're like, I think they use it as, I think they use it as fuel too. I think that like nerves aren't always a bad thing. I think they like, you know, I mean, now, you know, I've had times where, you know, because the worst thing is, you know, panic attacks are real thing. I've had panic attacks before, yeah. and especially early on and stuff where they're awful, especially with the wrong place at the wrong time. But nerves are, nerves are fine. Like, you know, live, like, this, like even doing this stuff, you get not nervous, but you're just a little on edge. And so yeah. it just keeps you on your game. Yeah, I love it, Bob. Well, listen, man, I know we don't have a lot of time this morning. You're, you're just a great I'm, guy. Hey, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm, I'm good. I'm having fun. <laughs> even if you're lying, I appreciate that. I'm having fun, my man. Hey, let me ask you a question, though, about the – I love the Northeast culture. I'm from Bradford, PA, so that's kind of the Northeast, Pennsylvania. I know you're a mass guy. 
you've been out to California, you've been on the West Coast. There's definite difference. I'm not saying good or bad. There's a difference between East Coast work ethic mentality and West Coast work ethic mentality. Would you agree with that statement? I'll tell you what I love being on the East Coast. You know why the reason I love being on the East Coast is? What? It's Monday. I'm up at 5 a.m. It's 2 a.m. in L.A. I get yeah. three-hour head start on them, you know. And I, I really, because I always felt weird. I don't know why that's stuck in my head. You know, if I, if I wake up at 9 a.m. in L.A., I'm like, shoot, New York's already noon in New York. They already started their day and whatever. And so, I mean, East Coast is a lot more fast-paced. I think in L.A., there's a lot more distractions and whatnot. And I'm actually looking to get out of L.A. I've kind of purposely just not gone back there. This is not my vibe. Between those two places? I, I mean, I left four months ago and just never went back. You know, I didn't really see the need. I think now where the world's going is you can kind of – it's good and bad, but you can kind of do, especially in my business, you can kind of get, do it from anywhere you, that you are you yeah. know, in the world. That's the beauty of it. Um, so like right now, I'm just at, you know, an Airbnb and uh, hoping to buy a little piece of property out here soon in Boston um, and uh, just just chilling, but being able to be effective from a random Airbnb in New Hampshire. Yeah. The same way. The thing in LA though, there's, you know, there's a lot of people that are doing the same thing there all in a compact space. So it's easier to, you know, shoot down the road, 10 minutes, be face to face with somebody for a meeting and get something done opposed to, you know, calling them up on the phone or something like that. So now do your parents still live in the Northeast? They all live, my brother, sister, and uh, parents live all within a mile of each other in Newburyport, Massachusetts. They could move anytime they want to a warmer climate. You know, all they got to do is just hop on a JetBlue flight for 40 bucks. Yet they stay in the Northeast in those brutal winters. Why do you think? I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Who the hell wants the same weather for? I don't know. I like the four seasons are great. You got to appreciate it. Fall, spring, fall is my favorite time of the year. I love, I love winters in New England. You know, it's freezing, but there's nothing better than just chilling, knowing like a nor'easter's coming in. You're trapped in the house for two days. You're just kicking it with some cocktails and watching some football. Yeah. When you were a kid, you remember getting those and you'd go out and the snow was like up to here and you grab your buddies and you go sled ride and all that stuff. And Mary and drive was, we had a good crew, nine, nine kids. We hundred percent used to have to go to the TV and wait for the TV. Cause now all the technology is kind of advanced here where you don't have to go to TV and see if your school is canceled. Yeah. I think they probably alert you in a different way or call you or something like that. But I remember, that used to be a pretty exciting feeling. North Andover High School was my uh, high school name, and it would be like N-A, and then the next letter would be N-O, and I'd be like, it would skip North Andover High School, which means we had school, and I'd be like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, another thing we did before cell phones is we went and knocked on buddy's doors with a baseball bat and a mitt, and we went and played baseball. You know, and we didn't come home until it got dark and we were starting. I thought you were going to say they owed you money. That's what I thought you were going to say. Knock on the door with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, that too. That, that was my other life. That was my other life uh, when I used to play craps all the time. Ooh. Something about craps, man. I got to get away from Wide that. open to talk about the gambling industry. It's a fascinating one, man. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's exploding right now. So Online, you mean? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. They're all, all these, you know, Penn, DraftKings, FanDuel, all competing with each other right now. And it's, it's the Wild West right now, you know, with all these states being legalized one by one. It's a massive, massive, massive industry. So, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, Brian Zurif, really smart dude who created Ray Donovan, produced Tiger Phil, just really was understood the gambling space inside. Now kind of was like, this is where the world's going. Start to shift your content a little towards gambling. And glad I did because, you know, the deals are pretty juicy. What do you mean shift your content towards gambling? I mean, sponsor I mean, like, all right. Yeah, I mean, think about it. You want to build 
if you know the world's going towards, you know, have people having to go online and deposit on a betting app or whatever, right? I mean, you want to be active in talking about gambling to attract a gambling audience to make you then more desirable to the companies that are going to hire you because they want an audience filled with guys that have a tendency to party and gamble like me. So by shifting your content, meaning like I'm not just talking all the time about just straight NFL plays and making jokes, I'm incorporating like, oh, they didn't cover the spread or putting up spreads and, you know, slowly getting into that. And then, you know, I kind of gambler at heart. So, you know, I, I enjoy gambling on games. Obviously, you can do it responsibly. That's the most important thing because um, there are a lot of lives that are ruined from gambling. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, if you have fun with it and manage it well, then it's fun. Yeah, I remember seeing a photo of you back in the day with, uh, not back in the day, probably two years ago. Like I said, the internet flies so fast. You and Gary B hooked up sometime, maybe back. Uh, all the time. Oh, all the time. Okay, well, I was looking, I think of the first time you posted because you're like, wow, I'm hanging with Gary B this weekend. Why did you seek him out? Was it to improve your social media skills at the time or just to get to know him or just to be connected? I, I didn't even seek him out. He seeked me out, which is amazing. And Oh and my God, no kidding. Here I am. Just But he seeked me out for not a reason of any, there was no, that's what's amazing about Gary. Like you always look at these people. Are they fake? Are they real? Like these motivational guys. Gary is 110% exactly what he says he is. Yeah. Gary checks in on me occasionally, randomly. And this is, I'm talking in the beginning when I was like, didn't have anything going for me. There was no real reason or value for him to check in on me. And he would, and he would constantly do it and make sure I was okay and keep grinding and give me advice. And finally met him in New York face to face. I mean, his energy is just so attractive in a sense of like, you just want to be around him. You can feel his set when he's in the room. He's just so engaged in everything. He's one of the hardest working guys I've ever met and truly one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. But at the same time, we'll tell you straight to your face how it is. No BS. And you listen to him, so. Yeah, I met, him at, I met him at an event in Lauderdale, and I could not believe how nice he was. Like, I was expecting this guy to come at me. We were behind uh, in the green room, and he was, oh, hey, Sam, nice to meet you. I'm Gary. Like, I don't know who he is, you know. I'm Gary. Which I wouldn't see him, but I don't see a reason. Like, that's what I don't get to. It's like, I can't believe how nice he was. It's like, well, I mean, I don't really see a reason why it's – People. I think we expect our people we see online to be completely fake. I don't know. I'm just programmed to go, yeah, they're not really, you know, who they say they are. But Right. Yeah, for the most part, if you, you know, there's a couple dudes, we'll say their name, that just I know that are, in, you know, high-end celebs or whatever. They're just kind of jerks. And it's not, I'm like, I don't, I don't understand why, you know, you live a pretty good life. And, you know, I understand if you're a level like a, Kardashian or something and everywhere you go you step foot outside everybody recognizes you everybody's coming up to you you know that's got to be a pain in the butt at sometimes uh yeah. you know and that could go just I mean, that's maddening but uh yeah there's such a sense of urgency to get stuff done in this lifetime and to make not major in the minor things you know like that's trying to be somebody that you're not doing stuff you shouldn't do I mean life is so short man it's so 100%. short so short to be phony Still a lot of time left though so we gotta you know we'll enjoy it yeah a little bit of time a quick question off the complete beaten path out of absolutely nowhere. Do you fear death? I fear death. No, not at all. Why? Um, I just don't think about it enough. Mm. You know, I think if I sit there and think about it, maybe I'll be a little freaked out, but I just don't think. <laughs> you think? Right? I, yeah, I just don't think about it, you know. Um, now, would I but go You have sky such a sense of urgency to your life, man. It's like would I go skydiving yeah. tomorrow? Absolutely not. Why wouldn't I go skydiving? Because I think I'd die. So does that make fear of death? I don't know, but I'd love to go chase a tornado. You know, that's like one of my bucket list things. That's obviously pretty self-destruction. You die, but no, I don't. I, no, I don't fear death. 
That's cool, man. I mean, I think it's, uh, but yet you still, and I just think that's so awesome because people, I'm 52, I'll be 53 in June. I'm like, man, I'm closer to my end date than my birth date. I got to get a lot of stuff done. Yeah, you just don't think about it. You just don't think about it. But you are young and you're still getting more done than anybody. I mean, you're on your, you're like, you don't sleep. You get all this done. All you do is work on your phone, right? You don't have a laptop, desktop, anything. It's all done on your phone. I don't even know how to use it. I'm on a computer right now. I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know how to use it. Right. I never use it. The power of the iPhone. It's been crazy. That's it, dude. Listen, I gotta let you go. You've been more than gracious with your time, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate what you do online. I appreciate your work ethic and just the message that you put out there. You're the real deal, man. I appreciate you taking taking time to show up on the podcast today. You're very, very good people as well. Anything I can do for you, when this thing comes out, let me know. I'll promote it. You got it. Bob Mennery, awesome to catch up with you, man. Thanks so much. And Thanks, all the best brother. to you. All the best. All right, take care. See all right, you and that's a wrap another everyday saturday podcast in the books thanks so much for listening would you do your boy a favor would you get on itunes or wherever you listen to everyday saturday podcast and leave a rating for the show it helps amazing people like you find the show faster and that's what i'm looking for amazing people like you hey, i'm always hanging out on the interwebs you can check me out on instagram at every day is saturday let me know you're listening to the show love 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 hearing from fans of the everyday saturday podcast and one last thing when you're ready to launch get on my calendar go to launchwithsam.com you and i are going to work together to set rocket fuel to your dream are you ready let's do it i'll see you on the next every day is saturday podcast